What's going on, everyone? This is uh, Information Creep issue number... Are we... Is it 10? Are we on 10 this week? It doesn't matter. Uh, so, anyways, today we're going to be talking about uh, the next story in the beloved More Than Meets the Eye uh, universe. And that's going to be... Uh, we're going to be covering issues 28 through 33, which I know the first half of that is like World Shut Your Mouth and then it runs into... Uh, the next, like, two or three issues that involve some some pretty cool stuff. But uh, 28 starts out uh, very strong, in my opinion, from, like, you know, the whole uh, Dark Cybertron thing, now that that's you know, well it over. So it starts out, you know, it's six months later, and uh, you got Brainstorm talking to Nautica about color-coded lasers, and she's pretty critical about it, and I think it hurt his feelings a little bit. And that may be kind of, like, Affected him going into the next uh, story arc, but we'll get to that when we get to it. And there was a gathering around the, and I'm quoting here, book lover who collects toys office. Uh, that would be that would be wrong, ship psychiatrist. And um, it's uh, it's it's Megatron in in Rung's office. Uh, Brainstorm had mentioned that the captain was having his head examined, and then you know we see Megatron. So already off to a pretty strange start and uh, Megatron doesn't care for uh, for this psychology, psychiatry whatever, he, he just, he's just not feeling it, it's not for him and the lights flicker and then Megatron thinks that they're under attack and then it gives us a flashback to like six months ago where Rodimus is ready to leave, Optimus insists that he stays for Megatron's trial. Pron, <laughs> Prowl wants uh, public execution. He wants the, the triple tap, as they called it. Spark, uh, brain module, and the T-Cog. Just uh, where everyone can see. And in the meantime, Swerve is holding crew auditions, also known as crew-ditions. And uh, it totally isn't sanctioned by uh, Rodimus or Ultra Magnus, because Nightbeat... Uh, busts in and debunks the whole thing while uh, while it's I believe it's Velocity and Nautica are having their crew their crew additions and like he shut down uh, was it Blue Streak for looking too much like Prowl because it would upset Rodimus yeah, yeah. right yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it was it was Nautica and Chromia oh it was Nautica and Chromia okay that's right because yeah because Chromia was like no I'm not interested I'm just like here for Nautica. And then um, one of my favorite panels is, like, while they're talking about, uh, you know, going through, like, the prosecution and all that, like, um, you know, Optimus is naming naming stuff off. Like, he's just, like, uh, um, Prowl's going to be the prosecutor. Ultra Magnus, you are going to be the orator for the defense. And Rodimus is just kind of like, you know, what what am I doing here? And... Prime asked, he was just like, hey, could you give me an update on, on your progress finding the Knights of Cybertron? And Rodimus just very subtly says, we stopped Tyrus, saved the Circle of Light, and broke the Matrix. They're ten words. And Prime kind of flabbergasted was just like, you broke the Matrix. And Rodimus was like, twelve words? That's my bad. Prime again says, you broke the Matrix. And that's when Rodimus was like, oh, we're still focusing on that, are we? And Prime like was like in the middle of repeating it again, and then that's when Rodimus was like, "Well, it was my half," and 
It shattered whenever I deactivated tire skill switch. It wasn't that robust. It was... I, I think it's hilarious because he also... Um, Prime's kind of like, well, how, you know, that was your map to Cyber Utopia. How are you going to figure it out? And um, he said that's why the first thing we're going to do uh, when we leave the planet is find the greatest Autobot of all time. And <laughs> Optimus says Thunderclash. And it pisses Rodimus off because mm. uh, because he's like, the fact that you even knew who I was referring to is just so upsetting. But uh, I thought I thought that was fun. Like, that particular part of this issue... Uh, I still enjoy giving it a good look over uh, to date. So, yeah, um, uh, just to uh, just to piggyback off that is like just the interaction of the uh, like the Autobot High Council plus the Starscream um, just reinforces my opinion that James Roberts should just write everything because he just. He has such a handle on giving each character their own voice. Like, granted, I mean, I know a lot of people complain that James Roberts, uh, uh, he, you know, kind of makes everyone talk in the same snarky, uh, you know, witticisms, but in this instance where he's talking, you know, Prowl is advocating for the public execution and, uh, you know, Starscream is trying to say that his people and <laughs> Rod- Rodimus, Rodimus keeps saying like stop calling them your people and uh, I think I think my favorite line of the interaction here is where Rodimus says one day they'll wake up and realize what they've done and they'll kill themselves suicide <laughs> by bomb. yeah uh, another thing before we move forward is uh, I love the I love the um, meta uh, quality of the and we're back uh, in the first page uh, because it is it is the story um, coming back you know proper from the Dark Cybertron's uh, crossover and uh, the official start to what James Ritz has called season two of More Than Meets the Eye. Yeah, which I believe this issue is three years old this month, if I'm doing math correctly. Or like three uh, years a month, but yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So. Yeah. So, but but yeah, it, it did it did have a have a good kind of start, and like both books start off with six months later, like, and you know we'll, we'll get into that on the on the next issue when we cover the the RID uh, stuff there, but. It, th- this definitely, like, this has all the meat in it. Like, this has what you want to know, you know, because at, at the end of it was just, Pri- you know, at the end of Dark Cybertron, it was just Prime and Megatron walking all buddy-buddy to, uh, you know, after after defeating Shockwave, and then we find out what really happened. Like, he, you know, Megatron, like, really got sent to a jail cell, and, you know, he... He he went he went through all this process like there was an actual trial. Honestly, I think the the trial of Megatron was probably the most well written uh, part of like these next these these three books, the three of these books that were covered. These um, I would also like to point out something I forgot to write down in, in my notes at work because I was bored. Uh, that this is like we see uh, Ravage made the trip uh, as well, but we'll, we'll find out why in in a few 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 more. 
after after everything like here is like said and done. But um, oh, and uh, one thing one thing as I'm kind of sk- uh, skimming the about it is uh, during Rung's therapy session with Megatron, he uh, he talks about Megatron's manifesto towards peace, how he has oh, yeah. he has a first edition with a uh, a dedication to Terminus that was deleted from subsequent versions. And uh, he asked Megatron who Terminus is. And uh, Milne's art right here, like capturing Megatron's face, is just freaking perfect. Like, it's just this look of concern, you know, kind of bewilderment that, one, probably anyone has that edition, and two probably bring it back a lot of memories because of who Terminus is, who will let it on. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did forget to, to mention like that, that this was the the seeds for who who is Terminus and I think we we'll see it. I think we kind of get the the gist of of Terminus and his importance after this particular story arc and and the the, the disappearing story arc. If I'm if I'm remembering uh, correctly. Because I think that yeah. was mostly a flashback issue. Also, uh, during the crew editions, um, Nautica revealing that she is a uh, she's a, she's a NJX snob and uh, a bit <laughs> of a lush. Uh, where Chromia says, if it's not triple triple filtered, she's not interested. Whoa. But wow. Also, we get our. Uh, I think this. I think this is our first look at uh, our podcast's unofficial mascot. No. Uh, well, yeah. yeah um, is is this the first issue that Crosscut showed up in? No. Yeah, I think so. Are you for sure? It, it was in Dark Cybertron. I thought. Oh, he did show up in Dark Cybertron. Okay. It was Dark Cybertron that he showed up. Yeah, he is <laughs> sitting in that... on the Cruditions though, so I've got a feeling we we chose right. With, uh, I wasn't I wasn't here for our uh, our issue on Dark Cybertron, so you know if I if I didn't take part in the podcast episode, it didn't happen. <laughs> so this is the first like the real official first uh, <laughs> first time we we get to see Crosscut. Sure, but but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was funny that it it was who was it, it was Swerve Crosscut and uh, Rip- else Riptide. That's it. So. Would be new additions to the crew for the season. Yeah, it's like they 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 draw in like they do all these characters, and you're just like, well, MMC's got a big backlog of toys they need to make. <laughs> you don't know Hasbro isn't doing it. Speaking of MMC, uh, Megatron's uh, new design, which I mean, even even before toys were being talked about being made of it, like it was my favorite design of Megatron in all of IDW and not not just because it's new but because it's just visually striking. Yeah, there's something very tough and very heroic about it. You know, I mean it's it's not the first time we've seen a tank Megatron, you know, or or something similar to it, but um but yeah, you you're right, man. It's that's definitely the the Mill Megatron is 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 definitely my favorite. And it's good to see that we're gonna, you know, we we get to have not only like the Milne Megatron, but the also uh, 
the option for the other mill negative. Yeah, so a little, <laughs> a little, uh, a little, a little double whammy there. The, 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 the poet becoming the Decepticon tyrant warlord, and then the post Decepticon tyrant warlord. So, uh, to continue on with the story, though, uh, Megatron is in a cell, and he's visited by Optimus and Optimus's buddy Tumblr, and uh, <laughs> Optimus volunteers. Uh, Chrome Dome's gifts, as uh, as we should say them, as a way to, to speed up the trial, because he was like, look, man, um, this could go on for months, like, or this could go on years, like, if, if we just, if we, we really drew this thing out, so, you know, my friend Chrome Dome, he's a Nemo surgeon, and before he could continue, Megatron was like, nope, get him out of here, like, you know, you can beat me up, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but... I'm not going to let you touch my mind. And uh, Prime was just letting him know. He was just like, well, manually recovered memories are admissible in court, so if you just let him give you a little injection. And Megatron still wasn't having it. And that's something, like, we we kind of saw in the whole Overlord thing because Overlord wanted uh, Trepin to teach him how to, you know, do that. He wanted... Uh, he wanted to get some needles for himself, and Megatron shut that shit down. But now, like, we're kind of starting to know why, and I think we'll we'll learn even more about Megatron's fears of Nemo surgeons um, later later on in the book. I think this is the same. That's the same book that we'll find out a little bit more about Terminus in as well. Yep. yep. So um, um, yeah, I mean it. And I, I hate to keep sidetracking you, but um, just more, like, Milne's art, once again, I'm, and, I mean, you can tell that I'm a total Milne fanboy because uh, the one panel in the middle of the page where Prime, you know, comes to visit him with uh, his neurosurgeon friend, Crumdome, uh, uh, just, you know, the fear in Megatron's face and he's shouting guards guards like yeah i mean you never see you've I, never really seen i've never seen a fearful megatron drawn not none that not one that looks realistic at least and this looked very realistic and it's hard to do that with a character that's so uh, scary i guess right and i mean it's, i mean I, don't know. I mean, there's there's only one Transformers artist in my mind, honestly. So, dude, I, uh, I'll, just another another kind of sidetrack thing. Uh, I, I got to meet him at Pete's Robot Con, and it was it was so awkward because I didn't realize like how big you know how big of a fan I was until I was just like, uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was cool, man. But he's 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 such a chill dude. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, oh, dude, that's so awesome. And it's funny because uh, him and Josh are uh, regular posting members on TFW, and um, like I, he he's been there almost as long as I have, and I've been on TFW since uh, two thousand two. Holy crap, man! You've been around for a minute. Yeah, dude. Like it's it's and you know just to go on a sidetrack because you know why the hell not. Um, like I, I very rarely trade online, but when I do, I you know tell people like I'm not saying until I get my get the stuff from you, and most people back out at that point. But like 
I've been buying, selling, trading online for 15 years, and I've never been scammed once. So I tell people, I'm like, look, you know, if you want to do business with me, we do it on my terms or, you know, you can just take a walk. So, but yeah, I've, I've been around a minute. So (laughs) I take it, take it out. Yeah, I got you. But, um, in which that's like, honestly, nowadays, especially after the big fandom boom in 2007, that's probably the best way to, uh, conduct business. Dakota, can I, can I correct you there on that? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to say 2002, 2002 or 2003. You think that the was boom. like when the big, because I've, I, I always boom. kind of viewed the, the big, big boom was, was after the live action movies. No, the big think, boom started when Dreamwave hit. When, yeah, when, I, would, I would think when, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, just, uh, I was, I was going to agree with you, um. Like, when Armada came out, because that's actually what pulled me back into collecting, uh, were all the homage, homages uh, to G1. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, we all know you hate Beast. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not Greg, so. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, like, Armada got me back into collecting, and Dreamwave was just blowing up at that time. And, I mean, to piggyback off of what Walter was saying, like, that was the first big expansion of the fandom. Um, you know, like where you you saw a lot of people who, you know, were the nostalgia people from the eighties, you know, or maybe Beast Wars getting back into it. But um it wasn't nearly as big as, you know, the boom you referenced in two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh when the live action movie hit and you know, then you got even more casuals and nostalgia people, and then you know, even even new blood who weren't. Yeah, and now and now all those okay. dudes are ten years older, like which is, which is crazy. Like all the all the kids that were shit posting online now, they're just like, they're probably a little more mature and do less shit posting. It's crazy. It makes no, it makes no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I, I'm not going down that road. Because I I'm not mature. Please do not go there. Don't don't go there. Don't go there. But uh, I, I will say this: it was two thousand two or two thousand three, and you know what? People don't give Wizard a lot of credit when they did that eighties article about eighties properties. That's what started it all. And plus, what was it? Uh, Optimus eBay. Prime NPO one came out two thousand and three. I remembered it. That played a part in it as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm sure it did. Uh, was that a TRU exclusive, or did like no? Okay, so it was everywhere. All stores carried it. Okay, that makes sense because I, yeah. I can see if you're just walking, you know, walking around in Walmart and you just happen to pass that thing on an end cap or something. I'm sure it, it stuck out like a sword. That's where it was at. Like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it was. A- it was at Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, you know, like yep. pretty much anywhere anywhere that sold toys, like because that masterpiece, like it was the first masterpiece. Like it was yeah. Takara's venture into a large, you know, die cast, like highly detailed figure. They'd never even attempted anything like it prior to MP one. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and and therefore, I mean, I'm going to get back 
to the 2002 thing right quick for the audience. This is what happened. I remember Wizard, because I, I used to get Wizard all the time. When Wizard did that article of 80s properties, and when you saw the Transformers, I'm like, holy cow. Now, fast forward later on, I think that year, when Dreamwave came on out with their stuff, dude, it broke records. It shattered a lot, a lot that year. And I think by that time, Armada was coming on Cartoon Network because they were getting ready to show the new Masters of the Universe on there, which was cool. So I was yeah. able to watch both cartoons, which was quite cool. And they said Armada, the first thing I thought, I'm like, okay, cool. We're going back to basics. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, that, that Masters of the Universe 2000X cartoon was amazing. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's so funny because, like, yeah, the first episode of Armada, you had cameos of the aerial bots and target masters um you know on cybertron and then it totally did not become a continuation of g1 and i mean you know you know the fandoms love hate affair with the unicron trilogy yeah and you know and that that's 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 one of those things i feel like a lot of the good stuff from uh those series was definitely lost in translation. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the Japanese uh, versions of of those three of those three shows, mostly Armada. But yeah. Also, um, one thing that people don't realize: um, back on TFW, like they used to share um, a lot of the Hasbro, you know, shareholder information and all that, and like bar charts and stuff like that. Um, prior to the 2007 movie, Armada was the single best-selling toy line for Transformers. Um, like, it it basically made enough money to uh, carry the brand until the movies came out, and uh, it, made, it, it made classics possible as well, because classics came out in 2006. Yeah, just a couple of years afterwards, which I mean, that was it was it's, it was a really good case of like Hasbro has continuously like they'll they'll take the the their con- whatever concept they have for Transformers at the time, and then they'll they'll sell it sell it sell it until it hits the ground, and then they'll they'll do the same thing, you know. Obviously, like uh, Beast Machines, like and I, I love Beast Machines. I don't love it as much as Beast Wars because it wasn't Beast Wars. It wasn't anywhere close to Beast Wars, but I still liked it as a successor. Uh, but that kind of, they, it, it kind of like got stagnant because the toys were terrible, and the show took a kind of strange direction. Even though I liked it, uh, I know I'm, I'm definitely in the minority there. Um, so you know they they had to. That's whenever they kind of set back. They they watched the numbers drop, and they were like, "All right, let's import car robots, and you know we'll do something." They worked, and they did Armada. Uh, but didn't Dreamwave do the pack in comics for Armada? I think uh, so. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. And that was that was pretty much like your only the only way for you to get like comics for Armada at the time too, wasn't it? Like they were all pack ins. Like I don't think they were selling. Uh, yeah, or... well, they they started out as pack ins, and then that you know they got their own proper comic series from. Okay. Uh, Dreamlight. Yeah, I was, were the mini confused. Were the mini cons actually talked and had thoughts and you know dialogue? They weren't just beep blah bloop bloop bleep bleep. 
and like no, dialogue. They were they were they were fleshed out characters. Yeah, man, maybe we should. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find some scans of those. Maybe we should we could cover that. Uh, have to get all caught up. Also, um, since since we've you know kind of gone real sad, <laughs> the Armada Pack and comics also gave birth to uh, one of the first uh, Transformers fandom uh, memes, so to speak. The uh, the Yum Jam for uh, oh, God. Hot Dog. At first, I wasn't and, sure uh, what you were talking about, and then you said Yum Jam, and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, like the the art the art was very murky and um there there were some questionable panels. Um some uh, m- one of my favorites was um Crumple Zone, uh Cyclonus's Minicon transforming from robot to tank. And uh the way it looks, it looks like his robot mode is uh grabbing the tank from behind. Oh. And uh, the they 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 went back and they rewrote all the dialogue in the bubbles, and Cyclonus says, "Crumple Zone, hump that tank." <laughs> wow. Can, and then can I say something? Make... Right? It's all right. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, this is my take, and I ain't trying to get us all off subject here. No, no, tonight. we're already there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what's the problem with these wars. We had a network of sure you guys there Oh no, it's <laughs> actually maybe Walter's like Um it was on a good network which was UPN. I when it, it, I went to, it came on Fox. No, it was, it was on, UPN. The first three seasons. Up, it was up on Fox in, near me in the northwest suburbs, uh Walter. Then it just went to Fox then because down up here in Illinois it was on UPN. What and, uh, I, was, did. I was I was in Illinois too. I was in the Northwest suburbs. <laughs> really? Didn't know that. Yeah, I was well, in. I know, I know it came on a couple of different like stations. Like I will say that. Like I know for sure it came on like Cartoon Network, Toonami. Um, maybe not Toonami, but it was it was on Cartoon Network. Yeah, I remember it being on Fox on like Saturday mornings. And I remember it being on like another like local broadcast channel. It was UPN. It was UPN. Yeah, it had to have been UPN. And the thing, the deal of it was during that third season, I think the speculation was they're going to go to a fourth season. I think they're going to try to retie it back in the G1. That's what I was thinking. Before Fox picks up the deal and they went with Beast Machines. Now, we can go, what is it? Beast Machine started in what, 99? Uh, yes. Nothing like Fox to ruin franchise, right? Yeah. Now, let's fast forward to the key year 2002. And another thing that no one really talks about was the commemorative series figures that came on out. And you also got to remember there, too, the Beast War uh, reissue figures came on out in 2005 or 2006. Yeah, those came out in '06, yeah. but there were there was also that first universe line as well, uh, in between yeah. all of that that was going on. But then there, you know, yeah, that was also that was like 3H had a had like a a sort of a, a deal going on with the universe because I believe Glenn Hallett wrote a lot of those bios, if not all of those bios, and they were kind of going on like they were continuing from where Beast Machines left off uh, and all that. And then you know the rest is history. The universe line was 2003, I remember, because I went to BotCon in Chicago. And the funny part about that of it is, is this. 
I think when Armada start, <laughs> that's when alternators came on out. And therefore, out, out of the blue, we start seeing smoke screens everywhere from G. Mata. I'm like, what the hell is this? Why is everybody and their mama putting out smoke screens? That was crazy. And, dude, I, I that's what happened. And I believe from the Dreamwave to the NPO one and in the Commander series as well, it's what started the whole thing. It started the whole ball thing. Started the whole ball going. Yeah, I agree, man. To uh, to get a little bit back on track, though, just a just a smidgen. Just a little. Um, in the in the present day, you know, now that we've you know talked about some of the stuff that, and this is something I do like about about these books. Too, like, you'll get some story that's going on during the present, then you'll get some six months ago story, and then it hops back and forth, so it keeps it keeps it interesting, keeps it fresh. But in the present day, Nightbeat is trying to figure. Or no, no, no. Excuse me. Nightbeat and Skids are uh, checking up on Chromium because all he's you know done is just kind of locked himself in his room and he's just been watching the the video that Rewind left behind uh, after he died, just in the dark. And while they're kind of checking up on him, Nightbeat noticed that like one of the numbers was missing from his Hab Suite, and he was like, "Isn't he supposed to be in two o eight? Well, where's the eight? And Skids is like, why are you why are you worried about that? Like, what's wrong with you? And um, he was just like, you know, Nightbeat was just like, well, I guess, you know, he's kind of dealing with his sadness. And Skids was like, well, clearly he's not, but okay. So he just kind of walks away. But in this panel, uh, two, like, let's see. At, at the top of this page, you see the arrow pointing to the fuel furnace. And at mm-hmm. the very bottom... You see that a couple more uh, letters are missing in, you know, fuel furnace. So that's something like at first I thought it was just like an error on the artist's part because I didn't quite get, you know, what they were what they were going for. And then of course, like after after finish like after finishing the uh, the arc, I was like, oh, that's what that was for. Like very seldom is anything an accident uh, in these books. Very silly. No, definitely. I, I the there there are no accidents when it comes to James Roberts like <laughs> plotting of his uh, stories. So uh, Megatron's going back to his hab suite, and we find it defaced. Uh, I would say it's been graffitied with nothing but compliments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, his hab suite is one one three, which we know. Uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's uh, James Roberts' favorite number. Uh, you know, it's a very, like, it is a number that I see very common, but why? Uh, okay, I know this one. Um, Transformers 113 uh, in the UK run was, uh, like, the first issue that James Roberts picked up when he was a young lad. And um, it had a, they had a, um, they had a write-in section in the back of the issue, um, and uh, he got hooked on Transformers after reading that. Um, yeah, because I was going to say, like, long. there's Agent 113, and then there's this. I'm sure there's some others that I'm just missing, but those are the two that come oh. that stick out the most. Yeah, yeah, the the number 113 is a reoccurring theme throughout the whole book. Um, so, 
Megatron is uh, stoically examining all the compliments that his new friends have uh, <laughs> decorated his absolute door with. And um, we hear, uh, and uh, he gets a crossbow bolt through his, uh, his right hand, and uh, none but Whirl uh, is standing there. And he's like, what? You think that was me? And he's holding bro. <laughs> I this this part I, I do like man the, the tussle between Megatron and Whirl that takes them all the way down to uh to the to the the fuel furnace yeah and just like the, the dialogue between the two of them because Whirl's paranoid Whirl's like man this dude is going to you know like, he he's gonna strike me so I gotta strike him first and um. And uh, anyways, like they're 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 talking, and Megatron's like you've always prided yourself on being a fighter, yet you've never been in a fair fight. The always have been the odds have always been stacked in your favor because everyone knew if they killed you, you'd have to answer to me. Because uh, you know he he had told him that uh you know the 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 second order that he got after declaring war was let let world live and so like that was just a huge like megatron's like not only is he good at like physical like fighting but like psychologically fighting he is king uh it's just crazy and of course it made oh, yeah. world even more upset and he lost yeah, his arm <laughs> he he cut world off at the knees like mentally because he's like you've <laughs> You've 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 been you've been in a handicap like the whole war because nobody's ever uh ever, you know, taken a realistic shot at you. Yeah, because of the the repercussions that they would have to face like for doing it. It just every everything was just like, man, that's pretty rough, dude. That that's uh, that that is yeah. the the pride killer. Um he- and then I like I like Megatron. Megatron, you know, it seems like a throwaway line, but uh, it kind of comes back in later on after the arc wraps up. He says, "No sign of the Pyrobots, of course." Uh, shirking again, and he's like, "That's the problem with this ship. No work ethic." <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, Chrome Dome's, you know, being depressed, uh, lovelorn self, and um, the tape he's listening to has an unexpected scream uh, in it, which is strange, because tapes don't usually edit themselves. Yeah, and it's it's very definitely very alerting. Uh, also here we have Whirl kind of pulling up a, a comms, thing on his arm he was like hey it's me bad news he didn't bite he said it's like rodimus said before he left it's like he's expecting to be provoked so what else do you have in mind so obviously that wasn't as random as it appeared how do we know that was rodimus no no he's he's referencing uh, what the his co-conspirator said about rodimus uh megatron's expecting to be provoked Right. Um, something else, and this is something I'm, I forgot to mention. Uh, whenever we were like, whenever we were at the uh, the panel with uh, Megatron in his cell, because after 
after he talked to Prime and uh, Chrome Dome, I believe, or no, 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 Prime came and like visited him again, and was you know, and that's when he was just like, well, you know, I can't ask you how you're going to plead, you know, because of due process, but you know, whatever. And then after he, you know, after that, Rodimus was like, Prime has to watch what he says, but I don't. Um, you're gonna de- you're gonna die, and I'm sorry, but you kind of deserve it. Um, very straightforward. And that's whenever Megatron was like, look, I actually have a favor. Can can you do this favor for me? And, you know, now we, we see that we're back on Luna 2. And so they, they've moved Megatron, obviously, from Cybertron to Luna 2. Uh, we'll find out why later on, but I like the escort. I like that he's, uh, he's essentially escorted by Ultra Magnus and the only two wreckers that were uh, left on Cybertron, or former wreckers, I guess. You got... Uh, Sandstorm and Broadside, uh, and of course he's got his big hand cube cuffs on, and um, looks like there's cameras everywhere. I'm sure Perceptor is a uh, like got a scope on him. Something we wouldn't <laughs> see, but I would I would imagine like if you had like you know Megatron in your custody, like you would definitely like, okay who was on the records, uh, not Whirl, but who who else was on the records? Like that would be that would be my. Uh, yeah, That's pretty much. Question. Pretty much those are the only two living wreckers who uh, aren't AWOL in the meta bay, on the lost light, or sitting on debris doing yeah. nothing, or just going out and having yeah. their own adventures. I wish we could have gotten an adventures of uh, Impactor and Guzzle book. Like there was that little bit after Last Stand of the Wreckers, like at the end of the hardcover of Last Stand of the Wreckers. But man, I would have liked so much more out of that. I think those two would have made a good team. But uh, at the end of this issue, we see something, or they're alerted to something very strange approaching the uh, the lost light, and it, it appears to be a coffin. We see an Autobot symbol on it, so very ominous ending to uh, to this. And and of course, Megatron's still captain, and we don't know why he's he's captain of the lost light. But uh, everything will be made clear uh, soon enough, I, I believe. Also a callback to the uh, warning, don't open the coffin. Is yeah. this the coffin? This is this you know? is the coffin. <laughs> so for anyone so, for anyone who, who like at this point like so much had happened to the story, like I know whenever I was reading it, I was like I it, I didn't think of like it I didn't think about it. You know. Um then whenever I went on my second read through of More Than Meets the Eye, I was like, Oh I remember. So, but that brings us to uh, to issue twenty nine, which opens up in a very different uh, kind of manner. You got Tailgate speeding down the hallways, and you've got Cyclone looking out his window per usual. Uh, and I, this is all like in, in present time, I believe. And then that's whenever Tailgate jumps on top of him and uh, does uh, he gives him a good fingering in the head, of course, for lack of better in, better in the head. Yeah, gives him a gives him the the killing move, and um, I think that's whenever Cyclonus kind of catches Tailgate because Tailgate I think has been out of commission uh, because of the the cyber cybercrosis. Yep. So um, Cyclonus has kind of been catching him up, and this is something that's interesting. We see Broadside decides to join the Lost Light because uh, at first he was he was not a part of the Lost Light, but unless I'm just looking at this and it's the wrong character but it looks like uh 
definitely looks like Broadside standing behind uh, Mirage, and he's he's looks like he's helping them carry the coffin, maybe. And this was this yeah, was... Um, yeah, because Broadside didn't show up in uh, XRID. Um, uh, no, he. I thought he did show up in XRID because he was part of the. Uh, he was an XRID. Yeah, remember whenever Turmoil came? No, he was. Yeah, he was pre pre Dark Cybertron. But I'm saying after Dark Cybertron, Broadside oh. wasn't XRID. Okay. The last time he was seen was before Chaos, I think. No, no he was. He had a pretty prominent role in uh, in RID. Yeah, because he was. He was kind of he was like, look, I did a bunch of bad shit with the records, and I just don't want to do that stuff anymore. I remember that was a pretty prominent thing that he said. But uh, yeah, I just I I like this panel where we have uh, Hot Spot Mirage, um, Grotesque, and um, it's Grotesque, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of the Monster Bots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Double Cross is the one with the two heads. Which um, Double Cross is also and, on the Lost Light, too. Yeah, I think all the monster bots uh, except for Repugnus are. Yeah, man, I wish. We I mean, Repugnus. Who knows? There's like 300 bots on the ship. Um, it makes it very difficult but, when you're shelf building. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I just I like that Megatron is just he, he has no social skills whatsoever. Every, he's yeah, like, everything is like he's a douchebag manager. Like, he's like, Donald, you call yourself Calder? <laughs> just micromanaging everything everyone does. And we'll see, like, again, we'll see some more of that. I believe later in this issue, just, like, how much of a tight ship Megatron actually ran. Um, he didn't play around either. No, no. Not at all. But, um... Let's see, like, after after that whole, like, scenario kind of went down, we've got Jackpot, and our uh, mainframe's kind of holding Jackpot up because he's drunk, totally leaving Swerves, because where else would you would you leave drunk from? And yeah. I just thought it was funny because uh, the first thing he says, he calls them, it's Dainty Legs and Panic Button. Like, those are his nicknames. And, uh, you know, because Tailgate... Tailgate, I guess, didn't, like, I guess he, I think he just didn't have a lot of, like, self-worth. Like, he undersold himself a lot. And, you know, that's whenever Cyclonus was like, yeah, man, you've, you've definitely been missed. And then we see, we get our first look at Swerve's new bouncer, uh, Tin. Uh, but well, before, before we get re- to, do what? Oh, I was just saying the reprogrammed legislator with uh, arrows sticking out of him. Yeah. And and the number nine painted on his back, but um, this is where we we go back to we we have another flashback six months ago, and it's uh, day tree of the day tree. Oh my god, DP oh. of the trial of Megatron. Yeah, I words English language is hard, and um, you've got I don't know who this is uh giving the testimony, but it's uh, obviously some, who. Gripper. Is that Ripper? Gripper. Gripper. G-R-I-P-R. Oh, okay. But I would have never known. Um, Well, Paul says it right there, so. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) Touche. 
Um, <laughs> so this is like they're basically they're talking about the DJD again, and um, that's something like I wish we could have kind of seen like maybe a little because apparently like they showed a video of the DJD and apparently like this particular Voss had hook hooks for uh, hands and uh, feet. So I guess it was like an earlier, earlier Voss, like, and not the the Voss. I'm I'm trying to like I'm trying to like figure this out because the way I'm the way I'm kind of like interpreting this is, you know, after all said and done, there were three Voss that we knew about. Actually, um, I think the one with hooks and hands. Do you think that um, was? You know it, who? It, 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 yeah, it was. It was. It was who we'll find out later on. All right, because I know Megatron. Like he's, you know, he says something about, uh, or someone says something about. Uh, I don't know how he can shoot a gun with those little claws or something like that. So that's uh, and it may be. It may it may have only been two, but I don't know. Strange. Strange. I'd like to. One of those things I'd like to piece together, but we've got Atomizer uh, coming in asking Hot Rod if, if he can or Rodimus if he can interrupt, and Rodimus is like, "Please do. Uh, I need something else, anything else, to uh, get my mind off of this." And that's whenever Atomizer presents Rodimus with a list, a list of uh, those who voted to have him uh, against him as a captain of the Lost Light, and those who voted to uh, him. Him kick him, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. And Rodimus is like, no, man, yeah. it was supposed to be anonymous. That was the point of it. Uh, I don't want to do this. No, I, you know, I'm not going to do this. And Atomizer said, uh, well, fine. Just ask me one more time. Tell me one more time you're not going to do it. And that's whenever you see uh, Rodimus make sad eyes because he, he realizes he can't he can't control his urge to want to know. His curiosity. So. Uh, meanwhile, back at Swerve's place, uh, Swerve and Tailgate are talking about um, Swerve's new doorman, and <laughs> Swerve's just like, "Yeah, his brain's damaged. He don't he don't do no good on the thinking." And uh, he also mentions, uh, and I think this is probably uh, the more important part of their their dialogue. That uh, someone has stolen a vat of injects from him, so that's something yeah. to totally keep in mind. For something else gone missing. Do what? Something else has gone missing. Yep. Yep. I actually took and, this as a double meaning. I took this as a not only something going going missing like everything else, but I took it as what happens in the next story arc. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it could be both, you know? We, al- we, also, see, we also see in this panel that the uh, three interviewees from the Creditions uh, <laughs> made it onto the Lost Light. And we, we see... Oh, go ahead. Uh, we see Nautica waving, like, excitedly, uh, Blue Streak laughing at Hoist, and then uh <laughs> Groove and Streetwise uh, wrestling in the middle of the bar. Oh, yeah. I think this is also, maybe maybe that wasn't Repugnus earlier. Maybe that was, um, I only know him by his, by his Titan's Return name. I'm sorry. Uh, Re- 
No, double. Yeah, that's double cross in the bar, but that was definitely grotesque uh, as the pallbearer because okay. I'm flipping back between the pages to yeah, double check. What threw me What threw me off was the wings because I know double cross is supposed <laughs> to have black wings, right? And they were they were white, and I know grotesque had white wings. That's why I'm like I'm all kinds of messed up. Oh yeah, no, you know, there's uh, there's some coloring errors, you know. Yeah. Got to keep it G one. <laughs> have you guys noticed that? <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy, but even uh, was with more than meets the eyes, for the first time in history, in Transformers history, we're seeing a lot of alcohol. If you know what I'm, if you know what I mean, in this series. Especially more than meets the eye. A lot of shenanigans. Man, James Roberts likes to party low-key. He may tell you he doesn't, but I think I think he likes to party. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Dakota, Repugnus is uh, like in the bottom right corner of the panel um, where we see swerves. Uh, so uh, there's confirmation that all three monster bots are on the Lost Light. Oh, okay, nice. All right. Now, now we've got it. Now I just need to wait for, uh, like, preferably if Hasbro would just do the other two in, in deluxe sale, that'd be great. Because, like, I already bought the, uh, the double cross. Yeah, so, the headmaster. Yeah, the yeah. Headmaster. I, I bought it because, like, I, uh, you know, I want I want the the fullest lost light shelf that I can get. So, and and you know, the MPs would be way too big for everything else that's on that shelf. I'm I'm, I'm a chug guy. First and foremost, uh, but we also see the three rules, uh, the three, the three laws. I guess I should say of swerves: uh, no guns, no swords, and no briefcases. So that's pretty pretty funny. I thought. And trail cutter is soused. <laughs> Dude, he is tore up. Um, they actually, yeah, yeah. This is this is the part where they uh, they make they tell Trailcutter like he doesn't have the stones to go and break into Megatron's special stash of Energon and uh, and take him a sip uh, before before you know we we see that go down. However, we see that Starscream has taken the stand and uh, he's got his little crown and cape and his shoulder pauldrons on. He's all he's all decked out, and he's um he's just like uh, you can call me Starscream, Lord Starscream, and uh, into his testimony, uh, Ultra Magnus is just like uh, yeah. So objection, he's grandstanding, and Prime was just like you're right. Today's not about you, Starscream, and um, I like I like Prime's little uh, tiara, his little Tyrus tiara. That's kind of cute. <laughs> but, um... His, his, his Chief Justice, uh, Tiara? Yeah. Uh, but, like, however, like, Starscream kind of continues to grand, grandstand. Um, he, like, he just, he literally adds insult to the literal inner, injury that, that Megatron is, is kind of facing at this point, this at this public trial for everyone to see, and uh, you know he 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 basically like he was like you know I was young and dumb and part of the Decepticons and you know it really wasn't a movement it was just a bunch of rioters and Megatron was the biggest looter of them all 
and he needs pity. Like that was that you know he was just man. Starscream was digging in deep, and after after that kind of final line, uh, we see Magnus approach the stand. He said, uh, "Look, my client uh, has requested he would like to speak to me in private." And so Prime grants them a uh, a thirty minute recess. Like this, and, I think uh, this would be a good time to have like Robert D on, so he could lawyer it for us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Robert, can, you, uh, can you give us some legal analysis of uh, the trial? <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, uh, uh so what? <laughs> you'd be like, your balls are grandstanding. Exactly. But, uh, really quick, I mean, I love Starscream's testimony just because he totally downplays Megatron's importance to the Decepticon cause. Um, you know, he, he he says it. He says it. The war was a riot, and Megatron was a looter caught up in the events. He's like not shaping them, not coordinating them. He's like a stronger person, a braver person, someone with an ounce of strategic acumen would have prevented the ev- the revolution from descending into chaos. Yeah, like he's just and like I said, he's digging into Megatron because Megatron, you know, as we come to find out later, he's. He prides himself on being ten steps ahead and, you know, better than everyone and just, you know, being a master. So to have this, you know, former lackey just taking pot shots at him on, in a public forum, just, you know, just, you could, and again, Alan's art, like the close-up of Megatron's face. Dude, his, after, like his upset scowl like like for the whole time megatron just had you know the the overshadowed like the black eyes or whatever and mm-hmm. then as soon as as soon as starscream delivered he deserves pity line that's whenever you you just see that very tense atmosphere around megatron yeah and um he had this... he had purpose purpose to kill I was, I was about i was about to give credit to the wrong colorist um but this year was done by um, Joanna LaFuente or LaFuente. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, as much as much as Milne's lines are fantastic, like she she did some amazing work with the colors. Oh yeah, the colors. The colors do. I I would say that is definitely a fifty fifty deal right there. The colors were were great, especially in in this particular. Uh, book um but back back on present day uh chrome dome has uh, approached nightbeat and of course nightbeat being you know the best at what he does he was just like he you know he had his back turned towards the door and he was like go ahead come in chrome dome chrome dome was like how'd you know it was me uh but then chrome dome told him about the 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 video that that uh rewind left him and said that you know, this time at the end of it, something different happened. Instead of him saying something very, very personal, he screamed. And you know, he was like, "Well, did you play it again?" And Dome was like, "You know, yeah, it was normal." He said, "But you know, I, I I can't explain it." And you know, he was like, "You know, you you think I'm crazy, don't you? You think I'm gonna be like red alert?" And Nightbeat was like, "No, man. Like I, I live and breathe for the impossible. Like that's that's what I'm all about." But you know, you were in isolation all day. You know, so it it could just be, you know, your your emotions kind of playing up on you. And at that point, uh, Chrome Dome's looking away from Nightbeat, 
and Nightbeat sees like a bruised and busted up Rewind just like holding his arm. And uh it definitely alerts him. Also, so uh at this point in time, Trailcutter is approaching where uh they keep Megatron's Energon reserves and he's like he's on comms with like Skids and Nautica and Riptide. Uh and like these these two like they just all get in trouble. It's funny. Like they're they're like a bunch of kids, you know, like a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> and um Trailcutter uh gets into the room and you know, he sees like there there's I like how this page is laid out. Because uh, you've got like, all these little numbering systems, like like where everything is located in this picture, basically. And um, he finds Megatron's uh, finds Megatron's uh, Energon, and he was just like, "What's Megatron's serial number?" And he looks at it and he's like, "Oh, well, it doesn't matter because he totally found it." Um, at that point, he started to take a sip, and he spit it all out, and of course, like, the silent alarm went off, and uh, he was alerted. So you got Magnus and Megatron, Ratchet. Uh, is that first aid? No, that's Streetwise. Uh, streetwise, Streetwise. Yeah. yeah, God, I don't know why. and I don't know who the other guy is. Yeah, the purple guy, I don't know who, who it is. Groove is kind of tucked off in there. But again, really good artwork, and where the colors just pop it's 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 nice i i, I like i like this page here and uh trail cutter's like nah man i'm souped up i'm feeling i'm feeling i feel <laughs> i'm a little too fucked up megatron's like trying to slowly approach him and then we see trail cutter has a new uh new trick uh because he pops uh, instead of like i mean it's a force field but it's kind of like a bubble and he calls it a panic bubble and um that's whenever megatron like tells everyone else to kind of go go on about what they're doing, you know. He said it won't take too long, and Trailcutter's like, uh, "Well, you're kind of wrong. It's it's going to take about thirty minutes because whether I like it or not, I'm trapped in here. You know, there's nothing, and there's nothing I can do. There's nowhere I can go. Um, so really, kind of interesting seeing that. Uh, the interaction. Back, back, back on Cybertron or Luna Two, rather, six months ago. You've got Rat Trap and Starscream and Optimus and Slam Dance. Yep. That's a hell of a name. Uh, got them kind of talking about the trial, and, you know, Slam Dance was like, well, it's kind of good for the Autobots. Like, their, their rings are up, so to speak. You know, he goes, people aren't saying the word regime after Autobots. Just a, just a little something to kind of show, like, during that 30 minutes of interlude, you know, what was going on there. But uh, back on the Lost Light in present day, uh, Nightbeat looks like Nightbeat walks into him and Chromedome walk into his room, and it's gone, like or at least a wall of it is gone for sure. There's still some stuff in there, but uh, that's whenever it's kind of more evident and apparent that you know these these weird things are starting to uh, to happen. Uh, and then after Trailcutter's uh, panic bubble pops. Um, <clears throat> You know, he's just, he's hes super shameful. He's like, man, it's all right. I can, you know, I can see myself to the, bri- to the brig. Um, he was just like, alternate, <laughs> alternatively, you can direct me to a shuttle and I'll fly home in disgrace. Uh, come up for any punishment that doesn't involve you, me, and a very one-sided in- injuries. 
Uh, at which point Megatron just gives him a Judy chop on the back of the head. And a Judy chop. Uh, a what chop? You know, Judy chop. Have you not seen that video? Oh my oh, god. No. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll, I'll, man, it's, it's, it's back whenever YouTube was brand new and it, it, it was a, it was a viral video. It was like some pecker would practice in like martial arts and he was just like, wow, and dang old Judy chop. Judy chop instead of oh. saying judo chop. <laughs> Shit was so funny. But, uh, I love, I love that chop. Like Megatron permanently engaged his, uh, school, um, God, they just, they just explained it in a panel earlier. His fuel intake. What, let's just say he, he, he smacked the shit yep. out of him. He, he, yeah, he no. literally smacked the sober into him forever. His FIM chip. I don't know what the M stands for. Uh, fuel, I just, I flipped back and found it. It's fuel intake moderation. Yeah. Uh, basically, basically it's a piece of hardware that makes it so Cybertronians can't get drunk. And they can disengage it if they want to, so they can get drunk. And they typically right. disengage Me- it to get drunk. Yeah, and Megatron, Megatron engaged it permanently with a judo chop. Yeah, it's it's so funny. After Megatron tells him what he did, he was just like, "You did that with your hand," and Megatron was like, four million years of practice." And uh, that kind of brings into more of like the very tight ship that uh, that Megatron ran. You know that there was there was to be no drunkards in the Decepticon, like, <laughs> the Decepticon army. They were all about Except sobriety. That- Except for that one episode of G One, yeah, that was. I think that was that was probably that was probably the the tipping point. He was like, no, nope, no more soldiers of mine gonna be drinking. <laughs> and that's whenever they realized that the uh, the coffin had opened up during the deal, and there was some fluid leaking out of it. And they were like, well, you know, we don't think it's poisonous, but they opened the coffin up, and it's a dead Rodimus, minus half uh, of a head. Yeah, half his head. So, uh, Shorn? Can we say Shorn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then uh, at the very end of this issue, you know we you know we get we get a little bit extra, but um, basically after the recess, Magnus uh, tells uh, Optimus he's just like, uh, well, my client would like to change his plea. In addition, he would like to make a statement to the court. And before he could finish, Prime was like, what? You want to repeat that? And uh, Magnus said, my client now asserts that he is innocent of all charges. And Prime was kind of, again, like, he has that unbelievable face, same face that uh, he had whenever uh, Rod, Hot Rod told him that he uh, he broke the Matrix, broke his half of the Matrix. And mm-hmm. um, he said he changed his mind. Speaking of Rodimus, we see Rodimus uh, looks like he's kind of ducked off in a little corner uh reading the list that atomizer gave him so pretty Dude, i love i love ultra magnus's face uh in the second panel on this page where he just it's just it's such a sad magnus face like <laughs> if if i if i could get the original artwork of that panel alone i would i would definitely do it just uh and I wonder, I wonder if that was one of those like deals where you know sometimes like pages are drawn like in full or they'll just draw a panel 
you know, in right. full. That'd be cool if it was one of those just like fully drawn, like it took up the whole page sort of panels. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm going to revise my statement about James Roberts' writing because apparently his writing of Optimus uh, consists of Optimus rep- repeating the same line. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think like these are, these are all pretty, um, pretty surprising things. Wait, you broke the matrix. Wait, you're, you're not pleading guilty. You're pleading not guilty. So Optimus is like four million years of war and I've never seen so much stupidity in such a short amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the next issue starts off. With wait wait oh. I, got, I got something to say Go I got something Go to say listen to me no I'm kidding uh, <laughs> um, when 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 Trailcutter is uh, infiltrating the uh, storage bay with the uh, the super fuel energy fools energon he's uh, he's he's drunk beyond like drunk and he's staring at the uh, security panel and he says. They've done something to the door. They made it all locky. He's like, I think I, I think I want to punch it. Yeah, and that's whenever the door disappears and, too. That's how he was able to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The door disappears in front of him, and then I, I like I like the key that you pointed out earlier with the numbered uh, parts of the panel. Yeah, and uh, it says not pictured, pressure sensitive. Security sensors not heard. Silent alarms. <laughs> I like how I like how number two, which identifies um, trail cutter, it says Mister Forcefield himself. Mister Forcefield, this man, like that's that's where you know issue, you know, getting back to uh, what the more than meets the eye books were kind of all about, you know. I didn't like the more the meets. I th- honestly, I, th- I thought the the RID issues had the better stuff during Dark Cybertron. Um, you know, because the the more the meets the eye, like the Lost Light crew was totally like waylaid uh, during that whole event, and like I, f- I feel like Roberts did his best with it, but it just wasn't, you know, wasn't what I personally was kind of like really looking to, really looking forward to. You know, it, it just it didn't it didn't resonate with me. But you know, with issue twenty eight and twenty nine, and then like going into thirty, I think a lot. Um, uh, you know, it, it improved a lot, and I'm glad they let Roberts write the the trial of Megatron. Uh, not saying that that Barber isn't a good writer, because I do think Barber's a good writer. I just think he has to play ball with Hasbro a little too much, and yeah. So it, you know, it's it's good to it was good to see Roberts do the take on this. Uh, speaking of the also, trial, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, really quick, because um, I'm so hung up on issue 29. Uh, the the cover art for the subscription cover is like one of the best Transformers comic covers ever. Uh, it's Megatron standing with his hands clasped in you know binders. And he's staring up. It's like a smile that a kid who... Oh, yeah, was it the like, creepy smile? Yeah, he, d- he did something wrong, and he's proud of it. And he's just beaming with pride over this terrible thing he did. And he's standing in, like, just 
skulls upon skulls upon skulls, like, at his feet. And it's, 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 um, uh, I'm, I'm really big on the art. I mean, I love a good story, but, like, that cover is one of the better covers. If I could, if I could get it and, uh, meet Mr. Roche and get him to sign it, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So if, uh, if any, if any listeners have a, uh, 9.8 graded cover, you know, of, uh, that issue. You want to do, do your good deed for the year, I'll, uh, hit me up, hit me up and get my address. Very specific with that 9.8 <laughs> grade, huh? Personally, what issue is it? Uh, 29. Uh, what cover? The Megatron. The, looking it's, up it's the first cover with Megatron smiling like a little bastard. <laughs> Which is accurate. Um, my like while we're talking about covers, I think there there are two covers in the whole More Than Meets the Eye run that I don't have that I want to have. I want to have so bad, and that's the the e the um the e variant. I think that's the subscription variant to More Than Meets the Eye number one, and then I believe it was the the same variant to number twenty eight. Um, which had, like, his number one had, like, the, the main kind of cast that, you know, you were going to see in, you know, season one of More Than Meets the Eye. You had Rodimus there, and he was just like, you know, uh, you got a problem. And then 28 was the same thing, but it was Megatron instead of Rodimus. And, you you know, you got to see Swerve and Nightbeat and Nautica and all these kind of added characters. And, you know, it had the same speech bubble, but it was Megatron saying it. And I've... Yet to find those two covers. Well, I actually, I take that back. I found the cover for More Than Meets the Eye, but they want like somebody wants like sixty bucks for it, and like I don't know. So go to check the chat. Check the chat. Yeah. Let me check this chat. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that uh, that's the oh, one. That one. Want to make something oh. of it? Yeah. That one I see. I can. I think I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going down to my LC. Yes, this week. Let's see if I can get it. Yeah, man, let me know because um, that was like my my local comic shop. Like they they weren't like at the time they weren't really good about getting me the covers that I wanted. Uh, which granted, I didn't have a pull list either. I just went and bought you know whenever they they came out. So chances are like someone probably you know cleaned you know got it before I got there. They put on someone else's pull list or what have you. Um, but I, I never got to find. Uh, either of those covers, unfortunately, but uh, they were good covers. I like the covers. Um, but the the big statement, the big statement that uh, Ultra Magnus wanted, uh, or that Megatron wanted Ultra Magnus to give, and he didn't want it to be addressed to uh, Prime. He wanted it to be addressed to everyone, the audience. Uh, and it was, and this is a pretty long statement. So I did not resist when taken into custody, custody or protest when advised. Of charges leveled against me, I was prepared to let justice take its course. Now I know that Autobot High Command is so keen to promote a sterilized wartime narrative, an account of the last four million years that disburdens them of responsibility for any wrongdoing, that they will threaten to mentally violate a political prisoner unless he endorses their highly partisan vision version of events. In light of Foregoing, I submit that my earlier guilty plea, a plea I now unequivocally retract, is evidence not of criminality but coercion. 
as this trial lost the page. Um, <laughs> okay, here we go. As this trial has uh, progressed, my disquiet has my di- dis- is it disquiet? Is that how you say that? Disquiet, yeah. Okay, sorry. You know, I'm from I'm from the dumb south. Has grown to the point where I am no longer confident that this court can deliver a fair verdict. I ask you, how can it be in keeping with the principles of natural justice for one's arch enemy to sit in judgment on him? And, like, shit got super real with that, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it was, like, that was a very, like, whoa. Like, I think Prime totally regretted the shit where he brought Crumdome in and, you know, all that other stuff. Because that was, you know, he, he obviously, he was just like, all right, you know, and and, and it, it was Starscream's, you know, his his uh, his testimony that, that drove to all this, which we'll see a little bit more into that later. But shortly thereafter, uh, Magnus gives that speech. Um, the Decepticons that were <laughs> locked up on the Lost Lights brig that were just let loose, because that's smart, uh, decide that they want to crash the party. So Magnus takes out his, his hammer. I love, I love it whenever... Uh, like, they do the, the nod to animated with the Magnus hammer and all that, which is awesome. He's just slinging it around like a badass. Well, it's it's, it's funny because, like, it's a hammer that Magnus grabs off of a statue. Yeah. But I just I just, yeah, just like seeing him, seeing him with a hammer. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, and the, the, the two-page, like, spread, half spread, I guess, where all the Decepticons come streaming uh, trial... Like, it's just great, because it's all the Terracons, all the Seacons, minus Nautilator, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, um, like, Snap. Oh, that would have been awkward. Yeah, dude, and I mean, just, like, I love I love cameos. You know, I love picking out random bots and backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and then I love, I love Magnus. He's like, your honor is... Is an abusive process to request the presiding judge intervene, and Optimus hops, Optimus hops off the bench and then punches Hunger in the face. He flicks his little tiara <laughs> off in the process. And Hunger Hunger is in the process of saying objection. It's like objection. <laughs> Dude shatters shatters his visor, punching him just knocked the shit out of him. That's a uh, like, you know what you know what's funny though about that? They had the Terracons and Seacons in that scene. Aren't you you know what? I'm surprised they did not combine. They didn't have that capability. Yeah, you gotta remember. That yeah, okay. Is, uh, okay, they didn't go into that there yet then. Okay. Yeah. I mean if if this was another major IDW event, maybe they would have, but And therefore to see my prowl do a karate kick on one of them. Dude, just straight high kicked it. <laughs> like, yeah. Boom. Yeah, dude. And then um, I, like, snap- I like that we saw Generations, uh, um, fucking Nod Springer. Um, uh, Sand Spring. Yeah, Sand Spring. Sand Spring. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, Sandstorm. Yeah, like, we see his alt mode pop up. Yeah, and I mean, we, we saw, like, it was definitely, like, they definitely drew that based on the toy and. Uh, tw- at the end of 28, whenever he was escorting him too, and I like when they do that. Like I mentioned that a lot, but I-, I like whenever the artwork matches the figures, or the figures match the artwork, as long as they both match. Like that's what I, 
that's that's what I like. That's what I kind of go for. Uh, but at this point, uh, was a C wing. Yeah, C wing. Um, yep. He's just like, I'm, I'm. Hold on, Megatron. I'm coming. I'll be there in a minute. And he's telling him to to you know he's he's releasing his harness, uh, his his handcuffs, I guess. And he's just like, you know, grab the backpack, grab it. And he was like, I'm sorry, C wing. It was a nice gesture. And that's whenever Seawing gets uh, shot three times, and I maybe he got killed, maybe he didn't. Who knows? Um, do let's, what? Let's just hold out hope he's still alive. Yeah, and I'm, maybe so I'm sure he is. And, and maybe they'll, you know, MacGuffin Nautilator back into existence. <laughs> kind of like they did with a uh, with Scoop for for like yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that when we get. Uh, to we'll it. get we'll get to that you know abomination of storytelling later. Yeah, uh, and that's whenever Optimus like orders. There's going to be a uh, a brief recess. Um, on present day, it's Earth Movies Night at Swerves, and we'll attend in his Hollywood Avatar, uh, which is still probably one of the most hilarious avatars. Like like Whirl being this this girl with pigtails and an eye patch is, I think, just as funny as Ultra Magnus being Verity Carlo. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, I love, I, love that his, I love that his avatar has also evolved. Uh, now she's sporting spiked uh, elbow and knee pads and, uh, like... The fingerless cut gloves. Off. But uh, I, like, I like that blue streak is uh, bartending. Yeah, like Swerve's Swerve's starting to put some people to work here, because uh, like we'll, we'll see, we'll see like you know later on, like Blue Streak wasn't the only one, but I I, I bet that was like something to do with like the Cruditions thing. He was probably like, look, I'm really like, I would I would I would assume it's totally something off panel. He was like, really and truly, like I am the reason like you're gonna get on board, so I need you to work at my bar, like trying to fleece people for some some cheap labor. So. Uh, other than that, like, I think that's, oh, uh, and they, they asked Whirl, which this is setting up for something, uh, that happens, uh, later on, uh, but they asked Whirl, they were like, hey, you know, why are you here in your Hollow Matter avatar? And he was like, well, Ultra Magnus thinks that I stole his desk tidy. So, I thought that was, uh, thought that was kind of he's, he's protesting his innocence by braiding my hair and watching off-world <laughs> cinema. <laughs> yeah. World so, World has the mind of like an adolescent teenager. <laughs> or uh, sorry. That was quite redundant. Uh um an adolescent, you know, girl uh, girl. And then uh hop back to six months ago and uh we've got the freaking out. We we've got the Autobot High Command, uh and Starscream. Uh <laughs> Just uh, trying to figure out what to do with uh, Megatron since he found his loophole. Yeah, and this is something I, for- I forgot to, or maybe I did mention it uh, when Megatron asked Rodimus for the favor. Yeah, I mentioned it already, and because um, he he was holding like a little cube, but like we'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, Starscream's losing his shit, and Prowl's just like, "Well, we'll just take him back to Cybertron, and then we'll restart." And Magnus, like, being the, the law man that he is, like, Magnus is all about the law, Prowl is all about the law if it benefits him. Um, Magnus was like, you you can't just shop around for a criminal justice system that's more sympathetic 
to your requirements. And Prowl's like, I think you need to realize what side you're on. And Prime's just like, ah, it's not about sides anymore. Like, we can't do that. Like, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't like, make this to our advantage. Like, that, that would pretty much destroy all we've kind of, uh, like, worked towards. And Rat Trap, uh, I like how, I like, like, I feel like James Roberts was more faithful to Rat Trap's character writing him than the way we mm. saw Rat Trap in, in R.I.D. and X.R.I.D. Um, right. Well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's even just the little nuances, like, you know, saying old, like, O-L apostrophe instead of old, and, you know, telling ya, you know, yeah, like, just, just the, he's, he's. He's he's got Scott McNeil's voice down in in letters in his head like yeah. in yeah in writing right it 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 works um, but Red Trap was just like well maybe we should you know maybe we should talk to the guy hear him out so um, like meanwhile on back on on present uh, present time lost light you got first aid kind of um, I guess he's giving an autopsy to the body. And, 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 like, meanwhile, this is the first time, like, First Aid has kind of come out and done stuff since the whole Tyrist ordeal uh, because of losing, um... Ambulon. Ambulon, God. <laughs> but, I I mean, I love the interaction here between Megatron and uh, Ratchet. Like, they're they're whispering, and Megatron's like, did we really need him to come here and say the obvious? <laughs> and, like, it shows... It shows Ratchet, like, which is something we'll see later on. Like, Ratchet really does care about the people on the ship, even though he's got that gruff, uh, you know, Dr. Bones from the original Star Trek exterior. I don't care about no one or nothing. Right. I mean, but, you know, deep down inside, he, like, really, truly cares about his... His friends. We saw that. We saw that whenever Drift got exiled as well, you know. So yeah, he was the one. He was the one to give Rodimus shit for, you know, sending him away with, you know, so unceremoniously. Yeah, and 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 then you know also after whenever everyone was like throwing shit at him, like he was the one that like helped him up. You know what I mean? Helped him off the ground, got him to a ship, and you know all that. Mm-hmm. So. uh but, like, at this time, we see Ratchet's like, well, duh, you want me to make the call? Because uh, he's not too happy with me at the moment, which we'll see why he isn't too happy with Ratchet uh, <laughs> later on. And then, you know, on the next page, we just have Rodimus, like, hovering oh, over his dead body, just completely, like, baffled. And Ratchet's like, well, you want to at least say something? And Megatron's, he's like, yeah. This is becoming tiresome. As captain of, captain of this ship, I expect, and that's whenever Rodimus shows off on him. He's like, co-captain. Co-captain. Not captain. <laughs> co-captain. I love, I love Megatron. He's like, it's not even a proper rank. Just being the tight Optimus ass that he is. It, Optimus made it up so he wouldn't get upset. Like, <laughs> you know, Dude. and it, and it's it's also it's a shame because... Like, for all the maturing that Rodimus did in the Remain in the Light uh, story arc... Yeah, he's still, like, he's still know, got some, some he's, stuff to work he's, on. He's, well, he's just... He reverts back to being, like, a petulant smartass. Yeah. Getting back to hot, basically. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, I get it. You, you know, that's his character archetype. That's what people love about Hot Rod. But I want to see him grow as a character. You know, I don't. I don't want him to be depressing season three Rodimus Prime. You know, from G One Two. But you know, I, I at least want to see him. You know, take a, be accountable. Not just be like, oh, I fly by the seat of my pants and everything works out. I'm cool spicoli. Well, like, like kind of going to that, you know, you mentioned uh, sad season three Rodimus. Megatron, uh, this this kind of next part, he's just like, you've just been sulking in the shadows ever since we took off. And Rodimus is like, I haven't been, I, I've been taking stock. He said, Megatron says, no, Optimus takes stock. I take stock. You sulk. You're sulking now. Um, which, you know, is is definitely true, but it's but it's funny because Megatron is like the one person on board the Lost Light that's not afraid to call Rodimus out on bullshit. But it's probably because they're both co-captains, uh, so Rodimus can't just be like cleaning duty for you. I, I love in this is like Magnus. Magnus still takes the time to correct Rodimus's uh, grammar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Like. Rodimus is like, existential crises, and <laughs> Magnus is like, crises. He's like, not now, Magnus, not now, and he's like super sad, hunched over, which, I mean, honestly, like, if you open up a coffin and it was your dead body with half of your head missing, I don't know, man, like, I can see why he's a little flustered and, and kind of like that, you know, pissed off teenager again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess faced with your own mortality, you might revert to a more comfortable, uh, you know, disposition, so to speak. Yeah. Um, then we, we kind of go back to six months ago, and it's Megatron sitting in his prison cell again. And, um, you know, Optimus approaches him, and he's like, look, if this is about the rescue attempt, I already told Ultra Magnus, I had nothing to do with it. Um, and he said, he, you know, he'd heard about hunger and, and the team like being on the the lost light and prime's just like you know i'm not worried about them it's you i'm, I'm interested in and he said before the day bef- uh, the day before you took the stand and asked uh you asked rodimus to pack communicube on it you said you wanted your trial to be moved off world for the sake of the spectators you said that only um rascal arena on Luna 2, was large enough to accommodate all the people you'd wronged. And, like, Optimus has obviously kind of put all this together, he said, except it wasn't a ruse. All you were doing was maneuvering yourself towards a legal loophole. And that's whenever Megatron was like, you know what, it wasn't really about the legal loophole. It's about how I wanted to be remembered. And he was like, I'm not going to let Starscream write my epitaph, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was Starscream that, you know, Dug dug the knife in a little too deep, uh, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let that happen. So uh, at that at which point um, you know they kind of reach a compromise because essentially the loophole is you know on Luna two you know people who were you know, prosecuted against they could you know if they could basically see judgment from the Knights of Cybertron, which happens to sort of go hand in hand with uh, what Rodimus and crew have been trying to do. Uh, prior to all of the setbacks, the comic book event, and then some more setbacks. So, that's whenever Prime says, look, I'll grant you 
you know, your your freedom of movement, um, but you're going to stand in front of the people and you're going to read, you know, you're going to say this. And um, <laughs> Megatron doesn't look too thrilled about what he's got to say. It's it's very grim because, again, it's kind of like it's an attack on, on his sort of... His pride. Yeah. It's his pride. Absolutely. His pride is being attacked, and it's like, hey, you don't have a choice. Yeah. And the one thing that they failed to realize, like, look, saved everybody. And I feel like they're looking back. Yeah, but at the same time, like, four million years of, like, genocide and killing and planet destroying you know uh at, at a certain point the the whole needs of the many needs of the few argument i think comes into play yeah most definitely well it's it's also interesting that megatron you know he says that part of the reason he wants to find the knights is to make amends because he wants to find cyber utopia um because he wants to find a new home for the race, you know, because Cybertron is obviously not very uh, hospitable as a uh, an environment for the populace, and you know he's he's he doesn't want to be remembered for being a genocidal madman. He wants to be remembered for you know winning Cyber Utopia, but he, it also he totally comes- set out to do something good. You know, he yeah. set out to bring down the Senate and do good, and that's, you know, of course, like, you know, through all of that, he lost his way, um, but he wanted, you know, he wanted to be someone who brought down, you know, just basically, and, right. and then he became Also, kind of became- um, also of note, uh, there is graffiti in Megatron's cell, and, uh, there's, there's one in particular that, uh, you know, it might it might trigger uh, Bobby Skullface or Tyler from Toy Detox. Uh, so full rights for knockoffs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Well, it's also because in universe, uh, constructed cold uh, beings have been referred to by a derogatory term oh, of not. So it's it's it, in universe it you know it makes sense that somebody who's constructed cold would write that on the cell because they want to be you know seen as equals to forged people but you know to us, to us nerds you know especially oh, we, we espe- know what it means especially especially those of us who are uh, vehemently against knockoffs uh, such as Tyler is you know shout out to uh, one half of the Toy Detox crew. Right. I have to educate you guys something about knockoffs after this cast is over. And maybe you guys might get an understanding of it. Um, back on present day, though, uh, on The Lost Light, you've got Megatron basically telling Rodimus to nut up, uh, show a little steel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Megatron's like, I can feel it down in my plums. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Rodimus is like, right, come on then, chop, chop. And Magnus is <laughs> dropping him his little bitty phone. Which, like, that little panel square in and of itself is already hilarious. Um, he's just like, uh, you know, Magnus is like, who are you calling? He's like, calling Team Rodimus. So we've got this, like, uh, 
this like A team setup here of like yeah. the Nemo surgeon, the uh, the investigator, the genius, the theoretician, and the savant. So uh, savant, savant, savant. Right. Uh, remember, I've told you I'm from the dumb south. <clears throat> savant. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't words. I'm I'm patting your head now <laughs> through the phone. Like, Thank you. you you pronounce the words just the way you want to. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, but I don't know. It's funny that he calls it, like, Team Rodimus. <laughs> like, That's actually kind of how I have the shelf set up. Like, I, I have, like, the... Because Team Rodimus, like, it, it kind of grows and then it kind of shrinks. It kind of grows and kind of shrinks. Like, we'll see Team Rodimus, like, later on in the series. And, you know, you've got Whirl and Swerve and... Yeah, Megatron and and you know all of that. So I guess he was just calling the rest of Team Rodimus. I love I love when uh, Nightbeat comes in. He's like, "You're not gonna believe what just happened." Open the door to my hab suite, and Rodimus, being the classic one upper, is like, "You found your own dead body inside? Because if not, I win." <laughs> Which uh, and then like so they're they're doing all these tests like Chrome Dome. You know, he's got his Nemo is a uh, Nemo needs help, and he's just like, "Well, let's see if I can just pull up some some previous memories." And like, you see Megatron, he's just like, "Ugh," and uh, Magnus is like, "Don't like needles." <laughs> Megatron's like, "Oh, something like that." So um, then Brainstorm's got him a little gadget. Nautica is being Nautica. She's um, looks like she's looking at the writing on the coffin, and um, trying to see and the ratchets. Uh, talking about how Drift was a spectralist. Or, yeah. And, and Rodham's was like, yeah, he was trying to convert me before, you know. Well, how's it up there, Chrome Dome? Any joy? <laughs> Just totally wanted to get off that subject real quick. And then, you know, you've got Skids theorizing, I guess. Uh, and at that point, Rodham is like, well, you know what? Uh, to prove, um, like, like, this is, you know, not the version of me. I'm going to cut my arm off. And he's just, like, reaching for this chainsaw. And, well, uh, it, more accurately, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, First Aid says that he's his future self. Yeah. So that, okay. that's, what prompts, that, that's what prompts Rodimus to grab the chainsaw and be like, well, if I cut my arm off, then it can't be future me. And I have to, I have to promise never to get another arm. And they're like, well, you know, what about the the numbers in the palm of your hands? And, um, you know, because the, the numbers aren't there on, on his. And Rodimus is like, well, they're not here anymore either. He said, I removed them after Ratchet said we live in a world where then that's whenever he gets kind of cut off. And he's like, why are you looking super surprised? And behind Rodimus, another chunk of the Lost Light has gone missing. And they see outside into space. And that's whenever... They kind of freak out, and, and Rodimus uh, orders full, uh, basically a retreat of the ship. Everyone needs to abandon ship. And it looks like, let's see, this is at Swerves, but it looks like there's, yeah. looks like it looks like this may be in the past. Cause it, that looks like Prime. It, it's it's the picture from Dark Cybertron when uh, okay. Prime. Prime Magnus and Rodimus were having a drinks and swerves. Yeah, I was I was and, like, what the hell is this? But um And Prime Magnus 
face mask off. Like, yeah, that that is is one of my. And I talked about it whenever uh, we did Dark Cybertron. That was probably one of my favorite parts. Was a uh, was the whole Orion packs and uh, like joining like you know boarding the ship and his uh, his message that Swerve made his ringtone. So yeah, <laughs> with Tailgate's telling a story inside Swerve's. Uh, he's basically he's telling the t- the story about how he took down Tyrus, and you see Getaway kind of approach him, and he's just like, you know, I think you're really underappreciated. Like, you know, you'd make a prime one day, and Tailgate's like all bashful. He's like, oh hush, and he's like, no, seriously. And so, and like you also kind of like, you see Cyclonus in the background. He's like, uh huh, like still typical cross arm Cyclonus with all that old money. But, you know, pretty, uh, pretty upset. Um, but Getaway's definitely moving in on poor, poor little tailgiver fast, and so Cyclonus just leaves. And that's whenever, uh, the, the alarm sounds, and... Oh, tailgate says, what rule did we just break? Yeah. <laughs> so, um... So the speech that that Megatron had to give, I'm not going to give the whole the whole thing, um, but essentially it ends in discard your weapons, tear off your badges, and stand down. The Decepticons are over, the war is over, and thankfully we lost. And you know, you see Prime kind of talking to him after he gave that speech. He's like, you know, you'll you know, well done, you'll leave tomorrow. And Megatron was like, man, if if I was the person I used to be. And you know, Prime just sort of walks out and like leaves Megatron to to his own like shame and thoughts. You know, you see Megatron bury his head in his hands. Like that was a that was a big like personal defeat for him. You know, in 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 that pride. So uh, at the end of this issue, we see um, Rodimus talking about like admiring the new Rod Pod since the old one got beat up. Hey. And, uh, oh. Can I say something about that? About that little scene there with Megatron, if I may? Yeah, go ahead. Interject. You know, you know what's funny there about that? And throughout the years we have watched Transformers. Megatron is probably the first character we ever see loses pride. Yeah. What'd you say? I mean, they've written it so well to where it's like, you know, it's like basically he's broken. I mean, it's devastating, and you definitely feel for the guy. I mean, I know, yeah. I know, I did. I was like, "Damn, dude!" He got broken yeah. down. Yeah. Look, what what did he say? He was leading to his people to a to oppression, which he never wanted to have happen. Right. And it, it came back on him. You know, and it's like, hey, man, <laughs> you reap what you sow. You're absolutely right. You reap what you sow, and you know who. You know what? Starscream, actually Starscream kind of stuck it to him. If you really think about it. Yeah, but Starscream, the, like this is definitely not the outcome that I think Starscream wanted. Like Starscream, I think, wanted to see him die. No doubt yeah, about that's, it. Because that's, yeah. that's Starscream's biggest fear is, is Megatron. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, because he was even, he was like, why isn't Megatron getting executed? Yeah. When they, th- when they were deciding what to do with him. And I, li- I like this interaction with uh, Rodimus and Ratchet, because 
Rodimus is like, yeah, let's let's just get out of here and be done with Megatron. And Ratchet's like, you. He's like, Prime didn't tell you. And uh, he's like, Megatron's coming with us. And Rodimus is trying to laugh it off, like, ha, he has Captain. And Rod- Ratchet just gives him this face, like, you know, be serious for a minute. And then Rodimus is like, <laughs> yeah, Cap- you're joking. Captain. <laughs> you're joking. And it's like, on my on the Lost Light, on my ship. <laughs> and he said, and then, he's gonna, yeah, he's going to board us, huh? Yeah, but I like I like how you know Rodimus takes the data pad that um, Atomizer. what's his Atomizer uh, fake Rodimus because he has his paint job, um, you know, and he's like he shoots it and destroys it, and uh, <laughs> Ratchet is like, well, good because it's a fake, and Rodimus is like, how did you know? And Ratchet reveals that. He was one of the uh, 98 that voted for Rodimus to not be captain anymore, which is which is pretty significant because you always think that Ratchet is, you know, kind of in Rodimus's corner. And yeah, I mean, he keeps he keeps it real because Rodimus Rodimus betrayed what you know someone who Ratchet considers a friend. Yeah. So, or at least that's how Ratchet sees it. I think. I mean, you know, no doubt. Yeah. Like, you know, the only the only them knew what, what went on uh, with with that. But um, also, uh, when all the when all the um, the crew of the Lost Light are, you know, going to the uh, the escape shuttles, and Megatron's like, "All right, just like we just like we or it was either Megatron or or was it Magnus was like, just like we drilled, you know, let's you know, let's do this, people. Single file line, come on." You know, let's, let's get this going. And uh, what's really funny is is, it, is at the bottom, and Rodimus is like, I'm blaming you for this Megatron. This has you written all over it. And Megatron's like, sorry, not guilty. And they're both, like, speaking into microphones whenever they're uh, they're doing it. It's like everyone can hear what they're saying. And Rodimus is like, did you seriously say that to me? And um, that's whenever they, uh, Magnus says, look, you guys need to look outside. Uh, the lost light is gone. Well, I love, I love that while they're evacuating and the ship is, you know, disappearing piece by piece, uh, Rodimus grabs uh, Megatron and he says, Unhand me! And Rodimus says, Oh, and for future reference, only bad guys say unhand me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, too. Um, but, uh, so the Lost Light disappears and... Um, I've actually I've actually got some some pretty short notes for for thirty uh, issue thirty one thirty two and thirty three because a lot really didn't happen uh, here, but uh, like starting well, starting. Hey, uh, uh, Dakota, what's up? Really quick, um, before we move on to those issues, uh, you had mentioned there was some stuff you wanted to. Uh, discuss about IDW's uh, news from SDCC. I guess I guess we can kind of talk about that. Use use this as a as a good middle point. So, um, you know, from SDCC, thankfully, uh, Sabertron.com was was there in the panel room, and they were able to record the IDW panel. And you know, they were it was definitely 
the Hasbro comics shared universe because like they didn't talk about like Wanda Earp or whatever else like Teenage Mutant Turtles or anything else IDW is doing. Um, it was just the the Hasbro stuff. So I mean, a lot of people already you know already know about it that you know the whole Unicron thing is coming. But something that like was kind of curious to me is you know we we've been hearing about all these books getting canceled like. You know, G.I. Joe was getting canceled. Mask got canceled. I think uh, Rom. I think Mask and Rom. We've already seen the, their last issues before uh, First Strike and Micronauts. The, that the same came out thing. Last week. Yeah, which I mean, it's it's all because you know First Strike. It, it that's this month. Um, no, it came it, out. It came first, out Wednesday. Like last Wednesday, or is it coming out this Wednesday? No, just this past Wednesday. Really? Because my local comic book shop didn't put it on my polls. I didn't see it on the um. I didn't see it on the diamond. Uh, I'm looking the, uh, the list for releases. I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, All right. I. You know what? I cannot wait uh, until we can talk about the San Diego Comic Con books. That's what I'm with. The, oh, are you talking about like Combiner Hunters and the yeah, first strike? Yeah, I mean, not Combiner like Hunters, that? the Unicron thing that's coming, what's going to lead into oh, it. Oh, yeah. So so basically, um, you know, they talked about uh, like basically what IDW is, is doing now is they're kind of taking all these, these books and making seasons out of them. You know, and it started with Revolution and so you had Revolutionaries Sort of carrying that forward um, to to like which will carry it into first strike, and you've got uh, okay. Before let me check the date. First strike counts. Um, it comes out this Wednesday. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to figure what was the other one that came on out then? Because there was it like, a, was huh? it one of the one shots? It may have been. I don't know. I'll have well, to find out when I go there Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I know Rom, Rom vs. the Transformers came out two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's one of the ones I got on my whole list. And then one of the uh, the Hasbro source books have been coming out. It's kind of uh, like I IW. I haven't been picking those up. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't either, but I just I remember seeing that the second issue of the Hasbro source books came out last week. Um, I which, think it's cool they, uh, they do that because I like you know they did the Beast Wars source book I obviously picked that up I, I thought I thought that was cool for Mask and Rom and the Micronauts like I just you know I just don't <laughs> I mean if you if you're like fully invested in the you know shared continu or shared whatever universe that IDW is doing with all the Hasbro properties I think it's a great. Uh, it's a great asset to have those source books. Uh, but if you're like, you know, us and what I assume most of our listener base is, you know, which is focused primarily on the Transformers comics, then... I'll be honest, uh, I am fully invested in the... Like, which, at first, I wasn't. Like, at first, I was like, you know what, I don't give a fuck about ROM. I don't care about the Micronauts. You know, all only thing I read was Transformers, G.I. Joe. And I picked up Revolutionaries because I like teams. So anytime mm-hmm. someone builds a, a team, I, I, I want to check it out, you know. Um, but but yeah, so like I still need to, I still need to track down like 
all of the mess comics, the ROM comics, and the Micronauts uh, comics that I've missed. Because I, ju- I just want to get the full story now. Like, now that we're way through it and it's going to cost me a lot of money to do it, I figured that's the opportune time to want to buy them. But, but yeah, so, like, other than that, like, First Strike is supposedly, like, that's going to be the next, like, big, like, revolution-style event. And it's going to be, be the big, you know, cross-brands crossover. And, yeah, that's whenever you're going to see, like, G.I. Joe Unmasked. It's going to be G.I. Joe Unmasked. Like, they're going to be sharing a book. And you're going to have Rom and the Micronauts uh, sharing a book after that. Uh, it looks like Transformers is going to be untouched, which does not surprise me. Um... Considering that's probably that's definitely the the bigger of the two books between the two, but supposedly the events of First Strike are supposed to set up stuff for Unicron coming in in 2018, and or maybe Unicron's going to be the the third, you know, the end of the second season, beginning of third season sort of sort of era, uh, but that seems to be what they're what they're doing here uh, with with all of that. Little bit of news. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm not exactly excited about Unicron showing up in the IDW universe, only because um, they've already like established this rich, you know, mythos within the universe with the guiding hand, and you know, I mean, I, I even, I'm not a huge fan of the Thirteen Primes either, which they brought into IDW, but that's just because. Uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't like it. I think it's because I don't like the idea of Optimus being, like, some mythical, you know... Well, um, I believe, I believe the, uh, the mythical 13th Prime is, a uh, Primal. And I think that's, I think that's what John Warden was talking about at, at San Diego. Of course, you know, IDW can, can write however they want to write it, but it seems they are right. going off of Hasbro mandates. Oh, so, Primal is the thirteenth prime and not Optimus Prime. Supposedly, like you know, in in the Align continuity, it was Optimus Prime, which is where the whole right. thirteen primes thing came from. And like honestly, I like that. I like the I like the, the the thirteen primes and that they were all, you know, basically like leaders of certain subsects. Like you know, you had Nexus Prime, prime the the first combiner, you know, and and. It, that doesn't mean just you know your scramble city style. That means headmasters too. Like they were, like the ancient headmasters were, uh, you know, technically combiners under that. And you had Onyx Primal, the first beast, and you had Liege Maximo, right. which was Loki, and so on and so forth. And and Micronus Prime, who was the first Minicon, and he was actually like the god of microspace, which you see in Micronauts. Um, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, I think is. It's cool, but I'm right there with you, dude. I don't. I'm not. I'm not feeling Unicron. I, I don't. I don't think he has a place in IDW universe. But you know what? I'm going to say something here with you. I'm going to disagree here with you. And I'm probably going to get railroaded here for this. But <laughs> you want to know something? No, I mean, let's be honest here for a second. And I'm going to take us back to a little something called Dreamwave. Didn't they bring in Unicron pretty early? Yeah, but that's also why I am glad that Dreamwave folded because they were they were just they were making it like season you know one point okay. seven. I mean, they were making it like 
That, that's they're making it like season 2.5 where like they were setting up Autobot City and you know Shockwave's beam Matrix Energy like woke up Unicron and like I just I don't know I mean you I know just, I'm glad you know the fact that it has taken them you know damn near 10 years to over to, to get around to Unicron and IDW um or yeah over 10 years that's that. It's nice. It's nice that they were able to go ten years without bringing in Unicron. Like that wasn't the reason the Matrix uh, was open to light their darkest hour. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't any of that. I have some faith that maybe, just possibly, they'll they'll be able to to do some good with it. They'll be able to write it well. Um, but like at at the same time, it's like I you know I don't know. I think it depends on how much is like really and truly has mandated. You know, and and we see the big push for Unicron in the in the live action movies, and I can only assume that's why they kind of want to push it in in the comics to sort of start building some hype for the character. Are we? Is it possible we're going to see it? We're going to finally see a full Unicron in the sixth movie? Then, is well, that what you think? He was he was totally uh, he was I mean he was totally you know hinted at uh, in yeah, at the end of uh, the last night. But what I don't like, I, I hate that. You know, and of course it was Transformers Prime that started it, you know, but now Unicron yeah. is going to be Earth. Like, he's got to be Earth all the time. Actually, wait a minute, you're wrong. Wait a minute. You want to know what really started it? Beast Wars. No, you really no. Unicron, te- Unicron wasn't Earth, though. Like, Unicron never showed up in Beast Wars, technically. But in Japanese that's true, Beast Wars. That's what we all thought. Well, in the, Jap- the Japanese, in Beast Wars Neo, um, that was, well... Mm, maybe, kinda, kinda, sorta. But you know, let's just let's just disregard that because it's not you know North American mythos. <laughs> Come on, man! It, it it fits. It has a place. It has a place. Nah, I know. But um, yeah, it, it, when they do the uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like, it's, I wish it had gone a little longer without it. Uh, but we see, you know, we we see like the toys coming out. Rodimus Unicronus. I don't know if that's just a uh, just a way for them to get a lost light colors, you know, Rodimus toy out, or if you know they're gonna pull James Roberts in by the by the nape and tell him what he needs to write. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know what? I have a problem with that. Hasbro needs to stay out of it. I I I, I don't like that. On one hand, man, I totally agree. Uh, you know, on one on the one hand, I, like I, let these writers I, do what they do. But on the second hand, it's like if that was my property, I would want to see certain things envisioned in a certain way that I want them. You know what I mean? Like, but see, but see, here's the thing again, and this is the problem that Marvel's having there with. You know, you just cannot keep doing the same bullshit. You know, you know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. over ten years, this maybe it is time for Unicron to come. We don't know. You know, they're going to give him his one-shot book, I think, which should be interesting, and maybe they'll explain more the story in detail as to why. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I just wish, like, there's still so much left unresolved, you know, in in a lot of these books that I, I don't want to see them have super rushed, you know, uh, conclusions. Like, like, all our one's gonna have a very rushed conclusion. I feel, 
you know they're they're gonna they're gonna conclude it with an annual that comes out I think in December. Um, when does the annual come out? I think the annual comes out in December. For for smaller one. one. You know what? I've been waiting for the uh, Optimus Prime annual. It hasn't even came out yet. Not even this year. You know, so this is ten for February. I thought that was the Transformers annual because I'm pretty sure that was the or Transformers what? annual. Yeah, like I. Picked up and read it. It was it was good. It was okay. Like I don't know. It's 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 the one where it was um, with like Pyromagna. He he had a basically him and Pyromagna had a conversation. But um. Oh okay. okay, it's that one. Okay, I'm talking thinking about the one where you're supposed to be a power master. That issue was supposed to be out. Oh what? <laughs> no man, yeah. I didn't know nothing about that. Yeah, it was in the solicitations months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he was a power master on the cover, and it's like hey. One of the guys in one of these Transformer comic book groups posted it. It hasn't even came out yet. It was supposed it's to be out in February of this year. This past February. We should probably let it snap and uh, maybe it got all Yeah. I thought, I could have sworn there was going to be a, uh, an Optimus Prime annual coming out soon, though. Like, I, I remember hearing about it, but I don't remember it being as far back as February. Now, I know in February... February or March is when we actually saw, like, the Transformers annual, which was, you know, it was kind of featured in the, the Optimus Prime, like, book with the storytelling and all that, but, um, I didn't know, you know, if it was, you know, need anything else, but, um, So yeah, big things on the horizon from IDW with like the Hasbro uh, shared stuff. I hope we see some more stuff like uh, like Rom versus the Transformers, and like can't wait for us to kind of finally get all caught up to where we can like cover those, and and then you know maybe hopefully you know by that time because uh, I think it's it's what like a five issue miniseries. Yeah. Or is uh, it okay. Oh the yeah Rom versus the Transformers. Yeah. And, like, just, you know, with, without, like, going into it, uh, I love the first issue. It was awesome seeing Alex Milne kind of back and, and working on stuff and showing us some more designs that uh, I didn't know that, that I would have wanted toys for. And, like, even, like, honestly, it's not just the Transformers. It's, like, I want, like, all of his Space Knights, like, made into three and three-quarter inch uh, Army Men's scaled plastic. I would, I would love that. Uh, doubt it'll ever happen, but it would still be really, really cool. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll see some more like little stories like that that like take place, you know, in in the the, the past. You know, uh, I think I think that would be cool to to kind of get. But um, but yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it for this issue. We didn't quite get through uh, all of the issues we intended to, but there was a lot of uh, meat and potatoes in in these three issues. So, uh, with that said, I'd like to give our uh, typical shout-outs that I, I forgot to give during the beginning, but I think as long as I give them, it'll be fine anyways. And that's uh, uh, for the Cool Table Network, where you can check out cool shows like Shattered Cast Uncut, Enter the Realm, Beers and Bolters 40K, Plastic Fanatics, Stasis Lock, hey, I do one too, Nerd Rage Radio, Toy Detox, hey, Spiros, that one, and Eight Weeks. And you can also catch shows like uh, the Realm of Collectors Podcast, and uh, figure banging every now and again too. So uh, be sure to check all that out. Uh, add it to your uh, podcast subscriptions. Really cool stuff they got going on there. 
And until then, uh, Spiros, you got any you got any places folks can find you at? Um, uh, just the usual. Um, any of the Facebook groups. Um, you can find me uh, waving my collect uh, collector dick around, showing off my Magnus collection. Um, he's also an advocate for the color teal. Yes. Hashtag vote for teal. Uh, (laughs) we won that vote by the way. I voted. I voted. Um, and then, uh, I also handle the account for toy detox at underscore toy detox. And, uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to get on, you know, the cool train before the masses, uh, the info creep, uh, or information creep Twitter has, uh, followers, uh, 30% of which are Dakota and myself. Uh, we do have, we, we do have a, uh, we do have a Twitter, uh, presence for information creep. Uh, it's at information cre- or info underscore creep. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it's pretty bad. I don't even know our Twitter handle. But, well, we don't, we don't really push it, and like, we really should. We really should be pushing the social media presence. But, um... Yeah, especially, like, it seems like Twitter is very popular among comic fans, artists, creators. Um, so, yeah, we definitely should be pushing that. <laughs> not that our... Not that our listeners need to hear us mull about our, uh, you know, our plans for the platform, but, um, and then if I ever pop into TFW, which is far, few and far between, I am Dark Magnus on there, um, ruffling feathers and questioning color choices for third-party products. <laughs> and distant people all. No, that goes without saying, right? I know, oh, I know I do a good... What's that? Walter- Walter said, "And pissing people off." I know I do a good bit myself. Yeah, so, Walter, uh, man, well, you got any shout you... outs? Anything anywhere people can find you? Oh, shout out to Info Creek for allowing me to be up here on the show as usual. Uh, shout out to Hardcore Collectors, the group I'm in. Shout out to Realm of Collectors, the group I'm in. And another shout out—I don't really haven't really said it—is these comic book groups I'm up here in. Especially comic book, uh, comic book auction, comic book lover auctions house. That's where I'm at. Cool, cool. Uh, and always, if you guys have any questions or topics you uh, you want to hear discussed, uh, you, uh, if you can't reach her, you can email us because I know what is it, 104 characters, kind of limit. Uh, you have an L. You can reach us at informationcreep at gmail dot for uh, that ease of access. And until next, guy. Next- time thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for watching uh, the video uh so until then we'll see you guys later take care Ooh.